You're listening to the Martin Houston Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. Alabama first and 10 on the 12. Again, Houston. He's got a hole. He's over. Alabama touchdown. I'm just wondering if your listeners know how good a football player you were. I can still see you playing that fullback, knocking those players out of the, out of the way. And I believe I could have run behind you. Martin, I can remember when we came to center and you were playing fullback up there. And I saw you in the weight room and watched the watched workout in the weight room. If you could pick up, you were strong enough to pick up the whole weight room. I wanted to fix it and I run him back six things like <laughs> biggest, biggest mistake we ever made. The Martin Houston Show with national championship winning fullback Martin Houston. Giving you one hour of intense, hard-hitting analysis from an insider's perspective. It's time for the Martin Houston Show on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Welcome into the Monday edition of the Martin Houston Show, sponsored by the Taco Casa Hotline. Call in at 205-409-7877. I am your host this week, Kendall Hollowell. I got the legend with me behind the glass, Joe Gaither. Joe, how you doing? I'm having a great day today, Kendall. Uh, a little rain this morning driving in, but everything was all good. Yeah, we, uh, we had a little debate this morning determining whether or not it was cold or not. I said it was. Joe, you know, being the Iron Man that he is, saying, no, it's just a, a normal day, a little bit of rain, a little bit of drizzle. Uh, so call in. Let me know what you think, if you think it's cold as well, or or if you guys are holding strong. Joe, how was your uh, Valentine's Day weekend? Uh, it was uh, not eventful, I suppose. I uh, did a lot of cleaning around the house, just kind of hanging out, uh, getting ready for the week. Okay, okay. How about you? Do you have a, have a good one? Um, I literally did nothing all week. I got into a. I saw that they put a Modern Family on Hulu, so uh, kind of ran through a whole season of that this weekend. In addition to watching this basketball game, but yeah, I, there's there's no love. There was no love for me, so it was that. Um, let's get into this basketball game, Joe. Did you watch it? Yeah, most of it. Most of it. Let me let me get your takeaway. What did you think? Well, I mean, uh, the Crimson Tide they came out and shot the lights out, uh, spread the ball around, and. It was an efficient game. They took care. They took care of business, and and and, and really, uh, I mean, f- coming out of the second half, they they had they took, had a lead, but it was impressive to see them come out of the second half and say, "Oh, this lead's not enough," and and, and basically treat the scoreboard like it was zero zero, and, and come out in the second half and, and and dominate and run away, set an SEC record for, or no, excuse me, put a program record for points in an SEC game. Uh, pretty impressive. Yeah, definitely. They had an impressive one fifteen to eighty two win over Georgia on Saturday. Herb Jones goes for twenty three points. Seventeen of those came in the first half. Five rebounds, three assists, and added three blocks on the defensive end. And he's not even playing at a hundred percent. And he was fantastic. It's a uh, we spent all week debating whether or not Herb Jones should well Nate Oates if he should sit him or not. And we said that he should, you know, get him one hundred percent, get him ready for. Uh, the SEC tournament, get ready for March Madness, and he went out there and he was phenomenal. It didn't even it even look like his back was really bothering him. Um, even though you would like him to be healthy moving forward, hopefully they can wrap this thing up uh, later this week and then get him healthy for the tournament. But he was he was fantastic on Saturday. Um, he's the SEC Player of the Year and the Defensive Player. It's not even a debate at this point. Uh, he's been fantastic on both ends of the floor. Uh, key member for the Tide. I heard him on the broadcast say that he thought winning defensive player. Well, he thinks winning defensive players is that is more important to him, and uh, hopefully he can bring home both awards. And I think he should bring home both awards. It's like like I said, it's not even a debate at this point. It's it's all him. Um, but yeah, back to the game. So like you said, the three fell early and often. That was really the story of this game. Um, they go eighteen of thirty from deep versus two of nineteen for Georgia. Um, Anytime you see a stat like that, you know how the game turned out. You don't even have to watch it. Yeah, two, two of nine. Yeah, two of nineteen is just not going to get it done. Um, and the tight also shot sixty four percent from the field, so very efficient game for them beyond the arc and in the paint. Uh, five Alabama players scored thirteen or more points, and eight scored seven or more. Um, and that's what it's going to take for them to to make a run at this tournament. That you we we know how great Herb Jones is. We know what John Petty can do. Um, but it comes down to these other guys. 
And it's the same way in the NBA for a championship-level team. We know what your top two scores can do, but the thing that really separates people is what you can do beyond that. It comes down to the third or fourth guys. That's how you make a run at this, and that's exactly what Alabama did and what they showed on Saturday. Uh, who is it? John Petty, Jaden Shackelford, Joshua Primo, Javon Quinterly, they all had great games. That's what it's going to take. Darius Miles delivered one of the best dunks that you will see all season. Did you see that, Joe? Yeah, crazy. And uh, that exploded social media. And you see Josh White, our guy at the game, said, man, he would have walked off the court uh, if he'd have been dunked on. Have you ever been dunked on that way? No. No, I've I've always been a guy that is smart enough to see that when a guy is coming, especially when he's bigger than me, and I know he can jump. I'm gonna get out the way. I don't. I know. I don't want to end up on Sports Center. I know I'll just go tackle happen. him before he can get off the ground. I might. I might attack him from the side, but like trying to go straight up and trying to block it, like no, I don't want to be a TikTok, a, a meme. That that stuff is forever. I don't. I don't want to be in that situation. What do you think about uh, Coach Oates telling Tom Crean after the game he wasn't that we weren't trying to run up the score on him? Well, I get it because you know you always want to. Uh, show some sportsmanship, but it, I mean, it looked like it. Uh, Miles went back again. The next possession, he went for someone's head again. He tried to catch another body. So I mean, he had to say something. Like, you see, it made it was number two on Sports Center. I don't remember what was number one, but I don't know why this was not number one. Should have been number one. Darius Miles, you the man. That was that was crazy. Yeah, especially was it like 30 seconds left in the game so i mean i think that's alabama's second top 10 dunk of the year top top 10 top 10 play of the, of the year uh <clears throat> that Ke- keon ambrose hilton made uh sports center top 10 uh maybe two weeks ago three weeks ago so nice for alabama making some making some uh some news we've got it done in football all year and and here comes basketball making plenty of sports center top 10 plays so hopefully we see plenty more of those uh darius miles we know the standard we know what you can do so uh, we are we will be expecting that every every week. To be honest, um, let's take a look forward to Alabama's games moving forward. So they play Texas A and M and Vanderbilt this week. Um, two teams that are at the bottom of the conference, so it's games that they should win. I think that they will win, and hopefully by this time next week that they will be conference champs. I think the magic number is two now. Would it be Joe to win the conference? I think it's sitting right at two. Right at two. So. Perfect chance. They play A&M on Tuesday and then Vanderbilt by Saturday. And hopefully by this time next week, we are we are talking about Alabama as conference champs in football and basketball. I don't remember the last time that happened, but I know the people in Tuscaloosa will be proud to see that for sure. Uh, let's move to uh, let's move to Alabama softball. So their tournament got canceled uh, in Texas, scrambling to put some games together. They did. They got four this weekend, and they didn't just they didn't just go out there and win. Uh, they completely dominated. They ran through their competition. Uh, they outscored their opponents twenty nine and nothing this weekend. Patrick Murphy picks up his eleven hundred uh, career win yesterday. So congrats to him and congrats to the Alabama softball team. They were phenomenal. Uh, Montana Fouch was throwing straight heat on Friday night. I think she had ten strikeouts. Uh, so what a special player she is, and hopefully this is a sign for. For things to come for the rest of the season this is definitely a stag roster we saw the players that were on the uh sec uh preseason team uh and then we we saw it on full display this weekend so uh big big year for alabama athletics uh hopefully maybe three maybe four conference championships they could bring back to to tuscaloosa if that happens joe then we have to have a parade we got to have a parade anyways for the football team. Maybe maybe around uh, A-Day, A-Day weekend, they can, they can get a parade in, in, later in April. I think they got to have a parade anyways, whether they figure it out, socially distanced or not. Uh, I think they got to have a parade anyways. But maybe it's just a parade to celebrate all the athletic programs because – like you said, like they're dominating in pretty much everything. They're they're showing out in pretty much everything. For softball, you know, to see Montana Fouts start her year of the off this way, she was dealing all in, in, in all of her appearances, and for her to struggle last year, but for her to start off the year uh, so hot this year, uh, it's real encouraging to see what the softball team can do. I, I expect big things from them. Yeah. So if they do it, like you said, find something to do. If if everybody's bringing in championships. Spread it out throughout the town. We'll make it a town event. Um, whoever whoever wins uh, the mayorship, then we, that's what we do. We uh, we start here. We bring the people in the office, and we just branch out, and we have everyone in the town celebrate what what uh, 
these incredible athletes have done this season because it is incredible, especially they're doing this through a pandemic. So, go, go start downtown, go down University, come down Queen City, then go down Bryant, down to the athletic complex, and boom, there you go. There we go. Joe's got a plan, so hopefully we can execute it. Uh, I also want to give some love to Jasmine Walker on Sunday. She broke a near 30-year-old record, 41 points, and a big win over Auburn. So I want to make sure that we give everyone their flowers this weekend. It was just a dominating performance from all of Alabama athletics, pretty much what has been all season, starting with the football team to basketball, women's basketball, softball. Baseball starts on Friday. I think so, on Friday. Friday. Yeah, so... um, Big time to be in Tuscaloosa. This is the time to be. I came at the right time because everybody, all they're doing here in Tuscaloosa is win. I know you guys are used to that with, you know, football conference championships and national championships, but it's it's always good to see every team winning. Well, you, it's good to be more than just a football school. I mean, obviously football is king and nobody's trying to dethrone that. Uh, but but it's nice to, to know that when the football season is over, the winning doesn't stop. You've got basketball that's on, that's been on a roll. Women, gymnastics is always on fire. Unfortunately, they lost this weekend to, to Georgia. But uh, softball is going to be on, on a roll. Baseball, like you said, is starting th- this Friday. Track and field is underway. Pretty, pretty, pretty much a great time to be following all kinds of sports in Tuscaloosa. Yeah, definitely. Um, predictions for baseball. What do you, what are your predictions going into this year? I know it's Monday. We have all week to talk about it, but let me get some early predictions for you from this season. Oh man, there. Well, you know. <laughs> It's 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 hard to play SEC baseball. It's the toughest league, and honestly, SEC baseball is tougher than SEC football, just because the way the competition is set up. Uh, Alabama was picked to finish last in the SEC West uh, by the by the writers in the preseason poll. Oh man, I hope that I I think they'll finish one better than that. But uh, I I I also I think that they'll make the uh, the conference tournament uh, in Birmingham. Uh, and they'll get into the NCAA tournament. I think the the SEC is 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 that loaded that, that uh, even if you finish second to last in the division, you're still going to make uh, the the NCAA. I think it's regionals. Uh, so, it, it, I mean, you got to build off last year. Last year, you go 16 and one before the pandemic before the pandemic cancels your season, uh, and you you know it's hard to say how good you really were last year because you didn't get into SEC play. They, they, they pulled, they canceled the season right before SEC play started, but you've got a Connor Prelip, Connor Prelip and Owen Diodati who both made SEC preseason, uh, preseason first and second team. Uh, that the Prelip kid, he can, he can, Really, really pitch. He did 21 scoreless innings last year and across four starts. Uh, he, he, he can really pitch. So to see him as a sophomore, I'm excited to see that. Sam Prater playing catcher. I think that he's a, a pretty, pretty versatile catcher. Uh, kind of one of those guys on the team that, you know, is, is going to be your leader this year. Uh, so we'll see what the baseball team can do. I'm expecting, I hate to say that, uh, second to last in the, in, in the division, but the division is so, so good. Uh, I, I hope, I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful that, that they'll do better, but I do expect them to make an appearance in the SEC tournament and to make an NCAA regional. Yeah. Uh, everyone knows, uh, that just serves as motivation, picking them second to last in a, in a division. That just serves as motivation for, they're ranked, aren't they? They're, they're coming into the season pretty ranked. So, I mean, they were ranked 24th or 25th. Exactly. So that just shows the gauntlet that we talk about for SEC football that we've been talking about for, for decades now. That's what it is in baseball. Like it, it is a completely loaded conference. Florida, Alabama, LSU, Vanderbilt, uh, Ole Miss, all these teams. Like they're, It's hard. So, I mean, I mean, I think definitely the team that will win the College World Series will come out of the SEC. So tune in. This is, this is, the, this is the conference to watch, not even for football. Uh, but for baseball as well. Um, I want to get into this quarterback situation. Break. Okay, uh, we'll do that coming after the break. Uh, make sure you call in at the Taco Costa hotline, 205-409-7877. I would love to take your phone calls. You're listening to Tide 100.9, the home of Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 traffic. 
From the Townsend Nissan Traffic Center, it's a nasty Monday morning. We currently have steady, cold rain over the area, so unless you absolutely have to, please stay at home. We'll keep you informed on the weather and on traffic throughout the morning. The stimulus package sale is on at TNT Townsend Nissan of Tuscaloosa, with selection at finance rates as low as 0%. I'm Captain Ray. Rain becoming widespread later today. Freezing rain and sleet likely just north and west of Tuscaloosa, the high 34. Rain ending this evening. Black ice becoming a problem tonight and tomorrow morning with temperatures dropping rapidly below tomorrow morning at 16. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. Scott Smith and Southmark Design doing business for 17 plus years. Specializing in graphic design services, commercial printing, promotional products, advertising specialties, and so much more. Basically, any and everything you would need to advertise, promote, and grow your business. Through strong partnerships, strong customer service, and creative ideas, they'll help you market and grow your business. Give Scott a call at 205-292-4680 or email scottis at comcast.net and visit them online at southmarkdesign.com. Interact with the Martin Houston Show by calling us at 205-342-9904. Or tuning into the Martin Houston Show on Facebook. Welcome back into the Martin Houston Show. I am your host this week, Kendall Hollowell. I got the legend with me, Joe Gaither, as always. Uh, we're talking Bama hoops, and we're gonna go to we're gonna go to Pat. Pat, how you doing, man? Good morning, Kendall. Morning. Hey, uh, do you remember? I uh, of course you put me too young. Uh, you ever heard of a singer named Jerry Reed? That might be ahead of my time for sure. Well, yeah, you, you, you probably your genre of music is not up to date, but uh, but uh, but Jerry Reed was a great country singer from Smokey and the Bandit. He drove the truck in Smokey and the Bandit, and he sang a song: "When you hot, you hot, and when you not, you not." And uh, I don't think that Coach should have uh, done anything about apologizing. About he was shooting threes. He wasn't driving to the basket. We could have drove to the basket and made high percentage layups. We were shooting threes. You're not supposed to be able to shoot sixty percent shooting threes, are you? Oh no, definitely. Yeah, that is that is a rare thing. We, that's not something that you'll you'll see every week. But anytime it happens, we're we're glad to see it. Hey, but remember that when you hot, you hot, and when you not, you not. That uh. Hey, but Friday was a military coup uh, for Coach Saban, uh, and and hopefully this Friday will be too in football. That uh, for him to be able to pick up Elijah Brown is a fantastic talent at tight end, and uh, we've missed on tight ends over the last several cycles, and to pick up a tight end of this caliber, uh, I mean this guy can spread out. He can play wide receiver. He's that kind of athletic. Uh, did you know that? Yeah, that's that's huge. Anytime you can get a big tight end recruit, we know what Alabama can do at receiver. We've seen what they've had um, just in the last five years at, at receiver, how, how deep they can go. So if they can add a tight end to that mix, uh, we saw how big it was when they had someone like Irv Smith. Uh, so if they can, they can uh, obviously they did, they add somebody like that. We know what they can do in the running game. So just to have an athletic tight end like that, that you can flex out, that you can create a mismatch with, um, that can just do it all. It just it just expands your offenses. Offense. We know the SEC, the rest of the SEC has struggles with um, with Alabama could do an offense. So just adding another piece to that just makes them even that more dom- dominant. Well, Ty Simpson Friday. Ty Simpson announces he's a number two or three dual uh, quarterback in the uh, whole country. And he's out of Tennessee, and he was beaming about Dabo's uh, when he uh, I listened to an interview with him. And but, however, never can't never count out the goat uh, when Coach Saban wants somebody, 
and uh, it may be that he's a quarterback that Coach Saban wants in this class, so we'll see. Uh, come Friday, ties up some announcements. So that'll be something for the listeners to look at. Hey, but everybody needs to uh, take their, uh, open up their cabinets uh, throughout their house. It's going to get down cold enough to bust pipes. Most people don't understand besides dripping water a little bit, but open up your cabinet so your heat gets into your pipes. Yes, yeah, someone that understands that it's cold out. You hear that, Joe? It is, it is okay to accept that it is cold outside. I see you got the heavy jacket on today, but Pat recognizes that it is cold outside <laughs> hey, today. Hey, everybody needs to make sure you hey, watch out for people's dogs. Call Peter on them if they ain't got their dogs inside. Call Peter. I <laughs> hey, have a blessed day. Call for animal uh, cruelty. I and uh, I've been trying to get my buddy out in Texas to get coats for his cows. I don't think a farmer ought to have cows unless he's got a coat for them. All right, have a blessed day, y'all. All right, thank Bye-bye. you, Pat. Yeah, you too. <laughs> That's two, Joe. That is two people that reckon. We're going to keep account of this today. It's I, not that bad out there. What do you mean? It's, it's The temperature is above freezing. What is it? It's, set, it's 30s. It feels like it's about 27, so that is that is cold. That's, it, that's got to even be cold for down here. 30, 32 is the Mendoza line. The what? The Mendoza line. If it's below 32, it's cold. Where did you learn that? What is that? Is that like something they teach in science class, the Mendoza line? Or is that? I've never heard that before. Oh, gosh. It's a a history term. It's a map. Oh, gosh. Hold on. I have to look it up exactly where where I remember. But but, but, uh, above or below the Mendoza line, golly, it's a map. I'll have to. You're going to have to get back to me. That is the first time that I've, I've heard that term before, so. You really do learn something new every day, and that is that is my lessons. With six twenty three, and I've learned my first lesson of the day. All right, um, let's talk some NFL. I want to get into this these quarterback situations. This is last season was a was a crazy off season. We had Tom Brady going to the Bucks, uh, Philip Rivers going to Indy. Quarterbacks were on the move, and we could see similar movement this year. But I want to talk about some quarterbacks that. Um, are set that are under contract. And I want to start with Ben Roethlisberger. Okay, so the Steelers, they started 11-0 last year. Things were looking great. Um, they lost uh, six of their last, no, five of their last six games or something like that um, just to go on a wild card weekend. So a big question this offseason is what are they going to do with Ben Roethlisberger? Okay, so they have a $41.3 million cap hit. That's the largest NFL and you can't pay Ben Roethlisberger that. One, he's an old aging quarterback, and he just, you know, that's just not the type of player he is anymore. Uh, so they have to have a real conversation this weekend between Big Ben and the Steelers. What are they going to do next? Okay. They're not going to cut him. They're just not going to, yeah, that's just not going to happen. They're just not going to flat out cut him. And it's highly unlikely that they trade him because he's meant so much to their franchise, and that's just not the type of organization they are. Everything that happens with Ben Roethlisberger this offseason will be his own decision. If he decides to retire, if he decides to take a pay cut, uh, if all of a sudden he decides he wants out of Pittsburgh, everything that happens this offseason will be because of Ben Roethlisberger. So what can they do this offseason other than, you know, ask Ben to take a pay cut? The defense is already set, okay? They got Minka Fitzpatrick, Joe Hayden in the back end, all those guys, TJ Watt coming off the edge. Uh, they'll get Bud Dupree back, Devin Bush. So the defense is ready to go. That is a Super Bowl, Super Bowl level defense that will still be there next year. Offensively, Juju Smith becomes a free agent. Um, I don't think that they bring him back. They have plenty of other guys: uh, Claypool, Johnson, James Washington, and then because of what the Steelers can do in the draft, they can always draft another receiver. Uh, I don't know what their secret is. They always find a a great receiver in the draft, someone that can uh, contribute for them. So I mean, that's not an issue to find. Somebody new. Definitely got to upgrade at the running back position. I see someone like a, in the draft in the first round, someone like a Travis Etienne or maybe a Najee Harris, um, one of those North Carolina backs. So they got to upgrade there, and they got to upgrade the offensive line. You got to protect Ben, and you got to be able to provide him with a steady run game. Uh, Joe, let me, let, me get your, let me get your take on this. What do you think should be the Steelers' plan this offseason? Because they're not in rebuild mode, but... They had the super low level defense, but their offense doesn't quite match it. What do you think they should do this offseason? 
Oh man, I think that they should go running back. Get a, go, get a more dynamic running back than James Conner and uh, what is it? It's not Deontay Johnson. Benny he Snell. plays. He plays receiver. Benny Snell. Uh, they've got a third third running back who's kind of a gadget guy. Uh, I think I think they got to get have a stronger commitment to the running game to protect Big Ben because uh, I I don't see them moving on from Big Ben. I think that they're going to have to figure out some sort of contract negotiation where they uh, meet in the middle a little bit on a pay cut. Uh, but I don't, I don't see them moving on from him. Uh, I don't, I don't see them as the organization that cuts him loose uh, if he still wants to play. So I think they gotta uh, make a make a commitment to the running game. Yeah, everything that yeah, everything that happens in the offseason will be Ben's decision. Yeah, got That is that is priority number one to upgrade the running game. It was, it was, it was worse than bad last year. Like they did, there were times they didn't even try to run the ball, and that's that's a big concern when your offensive line can't hold up. Uh, your running backs aren't picking up anything, so that is definitely priority number one in Pittsburgh. Uh, number two, Denver. What does Denver do? They have Drew Locke. Uh, his rookie year, he shows some flashes in those five games that he played. This year, you know, uh, really up and down, really inconsistent. Uh, turnovers were a problem, decision-making, all of that. The biggest concern for me was how bad Drew Locke was to start the games. Okay, so everyone knows the first couple drives the first at least the first 15 plays of the game are scheduled okay and he was really struggling in those and that really concerns me because as an organization as a coaching staff you should know the strengths of your players and when you go out there and you're running a bad game plan to start the game that shows one um a lack of coaching and then two really not an understanding of your player and three also just shows me that drew lock isn't it i've i've been a firm believer that drew lock is not the answer but you want to be so careful moving forward because Denver, you don't want to do this again. They've, since Peyton Manning, really since John Elway, it's a, a year after year, it's the same thing, trying to find a new quarterback. First it was Trevor Simeon, and then it was Brock Osweiler, and Case Keenum, and Joe Flacco, and Brandon Allen, and Kendall Hinton last year. Like, they, they're moving around. So, I mean, I know they don't want to do it again. If you can get in the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes, then, then you make the move. But then after that, it becomes hard because you don't want to keep doing the same thing again. This isn't a rebuild team. I understand that they were, what, 6-10 or something like that last year. But this isn't a rebuild team. This is an offense that's ready to go. You look at what they have on offense at receiver, Jerry Judy. If they can find a capable quarterback for him, he can turn into a superstar. He can legitimately turn into one of the five or ten best receivers if he has a legitimate quarterback. Cortland Sutton, another legitimate number one receiver. They could find a capable quarterback for him. KJ Hamler, this highly explosive offense. They've really committed in the draft to finding to, you know, putting together this offense. Noah Fan at tight end. Lindsey and Gordon in the backfield. This offense is ready to go. Really, the only thing that they're lacking is a capable quarterback. And then you look at what they have on the defensive end. They get Von Miller back. They still have Bradley Chubb who can get after the rusher. They do need to find a quarterback, uh, a cornerback. So hopefully someone like Patrick Sertan or or Caleb Farley or one of these guys in the draft. And then they have Justin Simmons on the back end. So this team is ready to go. They just need to find a quarterback. Joe? Who do you think that quarterback is? If it's not true lock, what if do they do? That's that's the problem. They got to trade for somebody. I mean, maybe getting the Carson Wentz sweepstakes. I think you've got to find a veteran quarterback, someone who's done it in this league. Not, not someone like Joe Flacco or Case Keenum. Not someone who's, you know... Um, you know, out of their prime or just a, a good backup. They got to find a legitimate quarterback. I think. So you're going to cut, what, Drew Locke's only been there two years, right? Mm-hmm. You're going to cut, cut him loose after I'm two gonna years? I'm not going to say you cut him, but you got to really evaluate him this offseason. But if you trade for Do you want to do the same thing we did with Paxton Lynch, Paxton Lynch? You know, commit to him for three years, and you end up a 6-10 a and 10 in a 7-9 football team for the next three years. What if you trade for Carson Wentz or if you bring somebody else in, you're basically benching Drew Locke? Yes. And, and, I think and, that you and, should. And more or less, that, more or less you're, you're going down the path of cutting him. You don't have to cut him. I mean, you can. Not, you, can. You, you probably won't but, but yeah. uh, for another year or so, but you're going down the path to where he's not going to be your quarterback anymore. Yeah. So I, I think that's too early. You think it's too early? No, I understand that. I understand that completely. I think you just have to have a legitimate conversation this weekend and really evaluate what happened last season. I know they had all the injuries, but this is a team that is ready to go. The roster is good, but what can they do at quarterback? I think Drew Locke still got still, still got some potential. Uh, whether he's 
top end of the NFL type starter? I don't know about that, but but I think he's still got some potential. Um, maybe I'm just more patient than you are. Oh no, you you definitely are. I think we're just in an era now that these guys don't have a lot of time anymore. That you get about two years, maybe three, to figure it out, just because of the crop of quarterbacks that come in year after year. Um, decisions have to be made fast, and you got to show what you can do early and often. Um, we got to get to another break. Before you go, the Mendoza line is actually not a historical term at all. It's a it's a baseball term, but based off of Mario Mendoza, uh, his batting average is a little over two hundred. The Mendoza line basically you're a good, you're a bad you're a bad batter if you bat below two hundred. You're a better batter if you bet if you bat above two hundred. So the Mendoza line was a batting average, whether you're good or bad at, at uh, batting in baseball. Okay. I actually like that. I mean, not for Mendoza. Imagine being your career, the one that they like decide whether you're good, bad, or not. Like that is your name. But I mean, now I know. Thank you, Joe, for that for that lesson for sure. Uh, we got to get to another break. Uh, make sure you call in at the Taco Casa hotline. Would love to take your phone calls at 205-409-7877. You're listening to the Martin Houston Show. Tide 100.9 traffic. From the Towns of Nissan Traffic Center, yes, it's a nasty Monday morning with cold rain over the Tuscaloosa area. If you have to drive, please slow down and be careful. If you see conditions, give us a call. The stimulus package sale is on at TNT Towns of Nissan of Tuscaloosa with selection and finance rates as low as 0%. I'm Captain Ray. Hello, this is Martin Houston with the Martin Houston Show, and I want to tell you about one of our great sponsors, Overflow Express Wash. Their mission is to provide great customer service with a showroom clean car and an exceptional customer service experience. They have the basic car wash that starts at $7, but you need to check out the premium wash packages, which start as low as $12 and go up to $20. They also have a membership wash club that you can get for starting at $23.99, going up to $39.99. In other words, just double the regular premium package, drop a penny, and you can be one of the great members of Overflow Express Wash. My family and I keep our cars looking good inside and out by using Overflow Express Wash. They're located on Skyland Boulevard right next door to Alabama One, or you can find them online at overflowexpresswash.com. Andy Phillips and his team look forward to making you a part of their team. Nick Saban calls it the process. John Maxwell said that everything rises and falls on it. And Coach Wooden said it's what you learn after you think you know it all that makes the difference. What am I talking about? Leadership and personal development. Is your organization, your school, your church, your family, are they receiving the proper level of leadership development and personal development? If not, the Empowerment Center for Leadership and Mentoring can help you with that. We have our pep talks, which is a one to one and a half hour lunch and learn which we can customize to meet your needs, or we have some topics that we present that we know can help your organization. And if you're looking for one-on-one mentoring and coaching, we can also assist you with that. Visit peptalks35.com. That's peptalks35.com. Or send an email to martin at martinhouston.org. That's the Empowerment Center for Leadership and Mentoring. Welcome back to the Martin Houston Show, the sound of Bama sports. Your show, your team. On your home for Alabama sports, Tide 100.9, and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Welcome back to the Martin Houston Show. I am your host this morning, Kendall Hollowell, along with the legend himself, Joe Gaither. We are talking uh, quarterbacks and what these teams should do with their quarterback that are in a store uh, dilemma right now. We talked about the Steelers and Ben Roethlisberger, the Broncos and Drew Locke, and I want to go to everyone's favorite team, the Cowboys and Dak Prescott. Okay, First things first, they already made the big mistake of not paying him early on when... Uh, 
guys like Carson Wentz and Jared Goff. I know those contracts don't look good now, but uh, they they should have paid them then. So, you know, they're not in the situation they are now. I also kind of put it on uh, Dax agent, his his camp for not signing the contract, because you should know, uh, even though he's been healthy for his first four years, that when you are playing the game of football, that anything can happen at any moment. So uh, I put part of that on him for not signing the contract. But here's the situation the Cowboys are in. Uh, you know Dak is going to want to get paid, and he's going to want to get paid big. And if they do that, they put themselves in the situation where they become, they just become mediocre still for the next however long the contract is because of the situation they are in. They've already made the mistake of paying too many guys, not only too early, but guys that weren't you know necessarily worth that. And... Um, you know, they're just all bad contracts now that they did. Ezekiel Elliott, six years, 90 million. He is now a shell of himself. He's not the same back he was. Doesn't have the same explosion, um, the same burst that he once had. Uh, Demarcus Lawrence, not the same pass rusher. No longer an elite pass rusher. Uh, Jalen Smith struggled. Um, Amari Cooper, even though he is still, I still think that he's a number one receiver. It didn't make sense to pay him. And then to go out and draft another first-round receiver when they already had also Michael Gallup and Cedric Wilson on the roster. So that uh, is a situation in itself. Um, but I think Dak has to be smart approaching this. That you, if you go, I know he wants to get paid and he's going to ask for a Deshaun Watson type of contract. And I think he deserves to be paid. Not as much as, you know, Deshaun Watson or, um, you know, you know, 37, 38 million, 40 million, whatever uh, I think he's asking for. Uh, and if he does that, then he has to know what he's getting himself into. That your defense is going to continue to be below average. Um, your offensive line is going to start to deteriorate because they are getting older. Uh, Tyron Smith is always hurt. Uh, Travis, Travis, uh, Frederick retired last year. Um, you know, just, just all these guys. They're going to continue to get older and your offensive lines continue to go down if he takes all this money because then you can't do anything with the salary cap. I think the smart thing for him to do is to take about, you know, 30, $32 million a year, you know, give his team. I know it's not his job. And I, I always like to say, it's not your job as a quarterback to worry about the salary cap because it's not your job is to go out there and win football games and take care of yourself and your family earn that generational money. But you also have to be smart about it. You see the approach that Tom Brady's taking uh, throughout his career. Take a little less money. Allow your front office to go out, make moves in free agency, uh, go out and make big-time trades. And that's just not something they can do if they go out and pay him $40 million. Um, and the Cowboys can also use this as a situation to... Um, maybe they do want to go in a different direction. Maybe they do kind of want to start over some of this, open up some cap space, uh, draft a quarterback. I'm not sure they're at number 10, so I'm not sure uh, kind of who would still be there at that point. But Joe, I'm, I'm going to get you in on this too. What do you think would be the smart thing for the Cowboys to do this offseason regarding Dak Prescott? Oh man, you got to pay him. You got to, you got to figure out what it's going to take to bring him back. Yeah. Cause otherwise if you don't pay him, uh, there's going to be t teams that are lined up ready to pay him. Uh, so as much as I, 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 I go back to what you're saying, it's not it's not Dak's job to worry about the salary cap. You got to go make what your money make your money, especially being what a fourth round draft pick. You you didn't have the big contract coming out as a rookie. You got to make your money right now, especially strike while the iron's hot. So if the Cowboys aren't going to pay you, uh, you got to walk and, and and go to a team that will. I I know there's there's a bunch of teams that that'll be ready to to pay Dak exactly what he wants. Your, your Bears. Yeah, exactly. Would that, you? I know, I know you hated, you didn't want Carson Wentz when we talked about it last week. Would you want Dak Prescott? 100%. I would love to have Dak Prescott. Uh, I w and the differences are, 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 are because we wouldn't have to trade for Dak Prescott. Uh, so you wouldn't be giving up other assets outside of salary cap. Uh, but secondarily, I think that Dak Prescott has shown that he can do it in the NFL. I think I, I think Carson Wentz over the last year or so has shown maybe some some cracks, some chinks in the armor. But outside of health for Dak Prescott, I think that he's shown that he can do it. They, they won a division uh, with the Cowboys already. Uh, unfortunately, they lost to the Packers in a, in, a, in a playoff game, but they won their division. I, I, I think that he's a great. I think he's a pretty stellar quarterback. No, I agree with you. I think that he should get paid. He deserves to be paid. He should have already been paid. Uh, 
I just think I I just think that he should be aware of what he's getting into if he does, you know, take a 38 40 million dollar contract kind of what that does uh to the cap space. We see that the quarterbacks that are highest paid aren't the ones that win the Super Bowl. Um not saying he shouldn't get his money, he should um just be, you know, cautious moving forward in negotiations. Um I want to talk about some of these quarterbacks that are available. Uh quarterback carousel kind of uh what is the best case scenario for for these guys. And I want to start with Deshaun Watson. Before I talk about uh, his, uh, where he should end up, one, he should want out of Houston. He's made that pretty obvious. Two, I don't think that people should have a problem with that. I have a kind of an issue that people didn't like. Well, they kind of agreed going back a couple weeks now with Brett Favre's comments uh, that he should just be happy, that he should just, you know, take his money, go out there and play for the love of the game. Uh, for everything, and I don't understand the comments behind that he should just be happy out there with a bottom-of-the-line organization who has not provided him with, uh, you know, with everything that he needs. And we've seen kind of what's happened lately. J.J. Watt is now gone. They traded DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, everyone in the front office is leaving. It's just a complete mess in Houston. And to say that he should just be happy with his money, like that makes up for it, for what the, that's going on in the in the Texans organization. This is a business, and this is his legacy. If he wants out, he should have the right to get out. So let's get into some of his best-case scenarios. Best-case scenario is they trade him to San Francisco. This is a team that is ready. I think this is a team that probably would have been back in the mix if they had been healthy this year. They just have that kind of roster. When you have a coach like Kyle Shanahan and that offense, you can always run the ball. Um, they have George Kittle at tight end. Brandon Ayuk, we talk about rookie receivers, is someone that I believe will transcend into a superstar receiver. We talk about him as elite receiver if he has a capable quarterback. Debo Samuel, they have the guys there in place. They just need a capable quarterback. And then they get the defense back healthy. They get Nick Bosa back. They get Solomon Thomas back. They get all these guys back, and they'll be healthy. So I think if they can get someone like Deshaun Watson, pair him with, um, pair him with Kyle Shanahan, I think that becomes the new favorite in the NFC. I would pick them... I think I would still pick them above the Bucks right now. I mean, I, I, I always be cautious, you know, betting against Tom Brady. We've had 21 years of evidence. But right now, it would, I think the 49ers would be the favorites coming to the NFC if they added someone like Deshaun Watson. Next best case scenario, the Miami Dolphins. I know people don't want to hear that, being here in Tuscaloosa with uh, Tua, but the bottom line is Deshaun Watson is just an upgrade over Tua. There's, there's no question about it. Deshaun Watson is a top three to four quarterback in this league, so that is definitely an upgrade. And then we talk about rosters. This roster is ready to go. The defense is set. They have a coaching staff with Brian Flores. They are ready to go. If they can ask someone like Deshaun Watson, maybe I think they overtake the Bills. Um, not sure they're still quite as, uh, as good as the Chiefs, but they become one of those top two, top three teams in the AFC. Uh, Joe, let me bring you in on this one too. Uh, what do you think? What do you think of those scenarios? I think Deshaun Watson to San Francisco would be would put would put the 49ers right back in the mix to winning a Super Bowl again. Uh, like you said, their health was an issue this year, so I definitely think that uh, that <clears throat> that would be uh, a great landing spot for him and, and would be an upgrade for for the 49ers as well. Because Jimmy oh, Jimmy Garoppolo, he's he's not going to be the quarterback that, that that really takes you over the top. I, I think he was really kind of just riding riding that wave uh, 2 years ago when they made the Super, Super Bowl. Deshaun Watson, I think that you're right on what when he says when when you were talking about uh people should, should you know shouldn't be upset that he he should, he should have his say. I mean, you and I we can walk in and we, we can walk down to our to our boss's office and and quit tomorrow. We can go to a we can go to a new job, we can go you know, a new scenario. Now that comes with complications that you know, and Deshaun's gonna have to deal with those kinds of things. But we live in a free market society. Like every, you know, everybody should be. Uh, if you're unhappy in your job, you ought to be able to to to, to do something about that. And uh, you, you know, Deshaun Watson has worked hard, and he he's earned the, the the right to he's earned the right to be able to say, you know what, I'm 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 tired of uh, playing here. I'm I'm I've worked hard, but you guys haven't really reciprocated your end of the deal as far as personnel goes. So uh, you you know they've made the job a lot harder on Deshaun Watson over the last two years by getting rid of a lot of his weapons. So uh, he's really made it complicated. I I think it's perfectly 
perfectly fine and fair for him to ask for a trade. Yeah, what a what a downfall they've had over the last thirteen months. Uh, we talk about where they were uh, back in January, up twenty four to nothing on the Chiefs. You know, in prime position to to make it to the their first ever conference championship and make a run at the Super Bowl. And then a couple months later, they trade just, uh, DeAndre Hopkins. And then we see what happens with Bill O'Brien. And the defense isn't good, and the running game isn't there, and the front office is bad, and the organization is a mess. So, I mean, just with everything uh, being put together, Deshaun Watson deserves every right to want out. If Matthew Stafford, wants out, he wanted out of Detroit, he got out. Eli Manning didn't want to go to San Diego, he didn't have to go to San Diego. Deshaun Watson deserves nothing less than this scenario. Um, let's go to another one, Carson Wentz. I know Joe's favorite quarterback. Um, we will get into that, though. After the break, uh, we are still taking your phone calls at the Taco Costa hotline at 205-409-7877. You're listening to Tide 100.9, the home of Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 traffic. From the towns of Nissan Traffic Center, yes, it's a nasty Monday morning with cold rain over the Tuscaloosa area. If you have to drive, please slow down and be careful. If you see conditions, give us a call. The stimulus package sale is on at TNT Towns of Nissan of Tuscaloosa with selection and finance rates as low as 0%. I'm Captain Ray. Here's what's trending on the Tuscaloosa thread. Good morning. Severe winter weather making a rare appearance across West Alabama. Temperatures will plummet throughout the day with freezing rain creating icing across much of the area. An ice storm warning in effect for Pickens, Lamar, Fayette, Marion, and Winston counties. The winter storm warning continues for Green, Hales, Sumter, Walker, and Tuscaloosa counties. With freezing rain moving across the area, public works departments for area governments already ready to sand the roads and bridges. Governor Ivey has issued a state of emergency. Don Hartley, Town Square Media, Tuscaloosa. Hello, this is Martin Houston with the Martin Houston Show, and I want to tell you about Tuscaloosa Custom Carving. If you're looking for a way to add value to your home, make your flower beds pop, make your landscaping stand out from your neighbors, then Tuscaloosa Custom Carving can help you do just that. They have numerous styles, but they feature the Moroccan Stone Curb Series, which includes four great styles and unlimited color choices. That's Tuscaloosa Custom Curbing. They are the one that can help you stand out from your neighbors. Tuscaloosa Custom Curbing, 205-331-6823. You may also find yourself with the need for a custom size stone or, or custom shaped stone. Then Tuscaloosa Custom Curbing can help with that as well. Paul Fuller and his team are waiting on your call right now for that free quote. And if you tell them that Martin Houston with the Martin Houston Show told you to stop by, you'll get a big discount. So call Tuscaloosa Custom Curbing at 205-331-6823 or visit them online at Tuscaloosa Custom Curbing, LLC. The sound of Bama sports. Your show. Your team. The Martin Houston Show. On your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9. And streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Welcome back into the Monday edition of the Martin Houston Show. I am your host today, Kendall Hollowell. Got Joe Gaither with me as well. We are talking quarterbacks um, on this Monday. Joe, let me. I want like I. I am a big fan of Mondays. Mondays are kind of Mondays are kind of my day. I, I know a lot of people don't like Mondays. Garfield, I hate Mondays, all that. But I am actually a fan of Mondays. I love why. I love the, you know, starting starting a new week, you know, man. New week, new opportunities, new blessings. Anything can happen when uh when it's Monday. So I'm always I'm always glad to see Mondays. Tuesdays are my rough days. I don't I'm not I'm not a fan of Tuesdays, so let's let's get let's put it there. But we're talking quarterbacks. We talked Deshaun Watson, uh Big Ben, Dak, Drew Locke. Um we'll get into another one. Carson Wentz, you know, Joe's favorite quarterback. Uh we're talking best case scenario. Also, another option for him. I think best case scenario is he ends up in Indy. Um, and I think if I'm Indy, uh, so I know the, the Eagles are looking for, you know, a Matthew Stafford type of deal. They want those those two ones, uh, a three, all that. Uh, they won't necessarily get that. But I think that if they, I think that you pull the, first, you pull, uh, the trigger on a first round pick if you're Indy, if you're in that position. Because I think the way we, we're talking rosters, the way it's set up, uh, Chris Ballard has done a phenomenal job. 
Uh, you get Frank Reich back with Carson Wentz, who was the offensive coordinator for Carson Wentz his first couple years in Philly. Um, and we saw what he was with him. We know Carson Wentz had his struggles this past year, uh, too many turnovers, bad decision-making, uh, fumbles, you know, trouble between the ears, all of that. Um, I think if he goes with Frank Reich, um, it doesn't eliminate all of it, but I think it certainly helps. And I think that they we compare those two together that – you know, it takes Carson back back to his uh, his early days. And I think that if that happens, that they become the favorites in the AFC South, um, that they start to put – they. I don't know if they beat the Chiefs, but I think they, they challenge them certainly more. If they have someone like Carson Wentz, just based off of what they already have, um, I think they put him in the same category as someone like the Bills. Uh, Joe, I know you would like to see him in Chicago. No, not at all. Not at all. Oh, I think he's busted between the ears. Send him on to Indianapolis with his old coach Frank Why can't Wright. he be fixed though? I'm not saying okay. I, I think I think it's a hard, it takes for quarterbacks when they lose it when, when they get gun shy when they lose it when they get the yips whenever you know something happens in between the ears uh, in the brain. I, I think that it takes a lot to uh, fix them. No, very true. That is, those are all especially when they're uh, they're they've got a couple years of experience. You can fix a quarterback when he's young. Okay. What, okay. What about what about Drew Lock thing? Because we were talking about him. He's still young on his rookie contract. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, let me ask you your opinion on someone else before I get back to Carson Wentz real quick. Sam Darnold. What do you think? What do you think happens with him? Because I like Sam Darnold. You like Sam Darnold? He's he's got, he's, he's got the uh, athleticism. He's got arm talent. I like Sam Darnold. I think that I mean who who are you playing with in in New York? Who are you oh, playing with with the Jets? Jimison Crowder? Like come go. on. The Jets here we go you're, with you're the, playing here we under go. under offensive genius Adam Gase. Oh gosh. Right. The you know, Mr. Screen man himself. Uh, I, right. I think he's stuck in he was stuck in a hard situation. All right. Here we go cuz we were talking about quarterbacks, you know, um Donald's a bust. Okay. Um it's so easy to put all the blame on someone like Adam Gase. But I don't know, like maybe a new situation, maybe Indy works for him or something else. Um, but, you know, getting the signal from Joe, got to get out of here. Hope everyone has a blessed Monday and a blessed week. Um, catch me on Twitter. Follow me on Twitter at Hollowell underscore. Uh, you want some more Alabama takes and to keep it real with y'all. Um, I will catch you guys again tomorrow morning. This has been the Martin Houston Show. Celebration to last throughout the years.